Hook him up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Rolling on, it's Ian Rod B. That little Black Pumas there. You're really excited. The Black Pumas' new album's coming out, Rod. Oh, yes. I'm excited about that, too. End of uh, October. And they have a new single out that's really a catchy tune, man. I'll check it out. New Um, uh, single, I'll send it to you. you, Did you ever uh, check out the uh, new Turnpike Troubadours? Yes, it's excellent. It's excellent? Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan. I mean, you know I like music, but I love new music. I love when new stuff drops and you can kind of... You know, check out the new stuff. I will say that yeah, the new Turnpike album is excellent. Ten songs deep. What about that uh, Zach Bryan? You said Zach Bryan liked it too. Uh, that's what I was going to say. The new Zach mm-hmm. Bryan album is excellent. Excellent. Okay. I mean, really. I mean, he's everything he's done is good, but this new album he does he does uh, duets on this album with. I mean, he's got a, he's got one with um, the Casey, Lumineers, Casey the Lumineers, Musgraves. Casey Musgraves. Uh, there, there's a great singer yeah. in a band called Warren Treaty. Uh, husband and wife band out of Nashville, and he sings a duet with with the the husband. Uh, that's a really good duet. I mean, he's got another one in there, but it's just it's a really really good album. Both and that's and the Black Pumas is going to be killer because if the first track off of the new Black Pumas album that's out is any indication, they're coming back to to bring great music. Because again, it's it's the the soulful voice of Eric Burton, mm-hmm. and then the the musical creativity <laughs> of Adrian Crisada and what they what they deliver. It's just such a cool groove and jam. We'll play that new tune coming up. It's uh, it's very good from Austin Zone. And somebody said to us yesterday, "How come you don't have any Bob Schneider on your Ooh. opens?" I can go get some Bob. He's an Austin legend. You know, mm. we wanted to keep our our top of the hour opens local, so we've got Spoon and Gary Clark Jr. and get some Mudhouse rolling. We oh man, Mudhouse <laughs> up in the club, brother. <laughs> Ain't got no dope uh, with little Bob Schneider. We could do that for sure. Hey uh, Rod, before we get to your Rod's rants, can I say that? Uh, We've had a good morning. We've got a lot of baseball with the Astros, Rangers, and Mariners last night. The Ronald Acuna thing. Our man Craig Flowers reminds us that Morgana was an exception. Always an exception to fans (laughs) on the field. Remember Morgana, the kissing bandit with the uh, the great big front court. That is fantastic. That's a great reference. She kissed uh, Nolan Ryan one time right on the lips, and uh, Miss Ryan was not real happy about that. Uh, Says he asked Tim Anderson about what Jose Ramirez thinks about not punching with your throwing hand. Oh, yeah, that was the deck. Don't do that. Well, that's the Bull Durham line. And there, come on, come on, me. Never punch with your. Come on. Did you hit me with your that's right your or did you hit me with your left? That's your money hand. That's your money hand. Come bro. on, man. Don't, Don't be, be doing, doing that. that. Uh, so yeah, you know, so dude wipes. Oh. So dude wipes mint chill brand life changing. Chill. Does it actually provide a bit of a Woo-hoo. minty chill? That's the whole It'll point. Wake you up. Does it? Hey yeah. now. Have you tried these different types of wipes? Yeah, my dad's house, they're a, they only use dude wipes now. Oh. Are you allowed to flush those or not? Wow. It, yeah. It's a, it, they're like flushable. They're not, I don't think, yeah. I think if you ask the plumbers plumber, will tell you don't do that. I yeah. think the plumbers will say don't do it. That's all. That's why I've not gotten into the wipe phase. Cause, yeah. But if you're ever like out and you need to use a public restroom or here at the office where the toilet paper might not be as good, which it's uh, not going to be. <laughs> you still one ply around here? Come on. Got to get at least, come on, you can't get one Dude, ply. There's some people what? around here that bring their, their own rolls. I know that for a fact. You know what? If you are going to <laughs> use the facilities here consistently, you should bring your own toilet paper. Well, if you're going to be here all day running games or something? Yeah, if you're going to be here, listen, I, I never go number two away from the house. 
But so I never had to worry about that. I always figure if you're doing that away from your house, you po- you planned your day poorly somehow. <laughs> or because you're a regular, Rod. Some people don't know, man. You just call. Like I said, I plan my call. I plan my day. My, my day is planned out. <laughs> I love it. Every detail of it, including that. Like I said, so I don't have to worry about that because I plan my day out very, you know, regiment. It's very. I'm, pretty, regimented. I'm on a pretty good regular schedule. Yeah, I don't mess with so that. For me, I never get shocked and surprised when I'm hanging out at Applebee's. Agreed. You know what I mean? Like what the? Oh, you it's know either, what? It's either at home. It's coming. Like no, it never happens to rugby. I'm having a Taco Bell, and like I gotta go. Oh, no, it's either here or at home. That's the two places. I, I've never. Uh, ne- I've been here. I'm working here for what seven years. Never. Never. And I, the other place. I've been working in radio for 15 years. I've probably gone number two at the this office. Is astonishing. Once in my life. I'm blown away by that. Like, this. and I've been working in this industry 15 years. Well, you know, no, I've you never gone to any of those places. I usually get here two, no. between about four forty-five for our six o'clock start time. So it usually happens between yeah, hey. four forty-five and six. Can't control when nature calls, but I can. I just, <laughs> I just dealt with my business. Certain. Thank you, Rod. Well, thank you, Ty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like, no, I know, I know a lot of people. That's that's part of their routine. But I was like, no. When I started changing my routine in the morning, my routine changed with me. All of it. I've never worked a morning show, but my body. I'm so regular. I. I flipped it. I That's flipped awesome, it. Though, I flipped it to the That's morning. That's a sign of good health. Yeah, I can flip it whenever I want to. No, no, Rod B. It's a no, mental thing. Never out. I, it's never. very, very rare for me. Very, and I know, and I know where the best toilets in the city are. I know where they are. I know where the clean toilets are. I know where, I, where they all are downtown. Gotta know. And I, you, the Omni downtown is immaculate. Fantastic facilities. Oh, Omni is good. Oh, the Omni downtown. You can walk right on in now. Nobody questions. Nobody talks to you. It's beautiful. W, w Hotel. You get your own, you get your own office. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say. So yeah, that's, that's one of yours, Ty. That's one yeah, of your go-to. That one, and then the uh, that Asian restaurant on Southwest Parkway. I was telling you all about a few weeks ago. <laughs> Ooh, that has the, they have the bidets and the seated twi- Ooh, and the heated twi- uh, seats. Is that by uh, Carve? Uh, yeah, it's like in that same. Oh, okay, I forget what the restaurant's called, but it's really good, and the bathrooms are. Whoa, nice. you just changed. Okay, I might have to Game. change up my routine. There's like I'd... a fan, a, yeah, oh, like water, heated okay. seat. Like, right. I, bet, I bet you could, I bet you could DJ some music. <laughs> I'm going to need the address of this place. Probably have to, may have to make a stop there one day. That's fantastic. All right. Anyway, that's sorry to get off on that Dude tangent. Dude wipes yeah. mint, mint gel, mint flavor. But I respect people who carry their own toilet paper and their own dude wipes. If you're going to do that in other people's facilities, hey man, make sure you're using the best top. You know what I mean? The top, top, top notch stuff. Yeah, don't skimp on that. Hey, some breaking news a little bit uh, on this cut down day in the NFL. Rosters have to be by 53. We've told you Colt McCoy got released yesterday because the Cardinals are tanking. They want to lose their games this season. Also, uh, Cameron Dicker looks like he's won the kicking job with the L.A. Chargers. That's my man. But uh, Diana Russini of ESPN reports that while there are teams interested in trading for Jonathan Taylor, the Colts have yet to receive a significant offer for him. It's not happening. Stephen Holder, who reports on them from the uh, for the Athletic.com, says that the Dolphins are involved, but he believes there is a second team in the mix for Taylor as well. Previously reported six teams inquired about Taylor, two made offers. But uh, Deanna Rossini says no one's made a significant offer. Well, guess what? If uh, if a deadline doesn't make a deal there, Rod, then Jim Irsay has to mend fences and get his running back in camp because you're that's now back on you. Does he though? Does he really have Are to? Are you going to let him sit out the year? Uh, I know. I, I wouldn't let him sit out the year, but Jim Irsay is pretty stubborn. Oh, I know. Well, that's <laughs> probably not a good thing for his first year head coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe the whoever in that building that has the ear of the owner, they need to get to get to him and suggest, hey, man, can you smooth this over? There's a lot of bad blood. Can we just make it amicable where you guys can at least, you know, be in the same building and work together? Uh, because right now our star running back, he's 
he's he's he's been offended and slighted because of some of your comments and because of the culture. So maybe there needs to be a heart to heart discussion to try to put that stuff aside and go, listen, man, you're a professional. I'm a professional. You know, we want the best for you. How about we, you know, structure a little bonus or something in there? You can always throw some throw some more money at him. Just throw a little, just throw a little bit more money at him. Just Come a little on. bit. We need him. And, and you got Shane yeah. Steichen in his first year with a first year quarterback and Anthony Richardson. You know, he could use all the the weaponry around him he can get. And uh, nobody wants to. Everybody wants to rent a running back. Nobody wants to own one. No, it's like you a want, jet ski now. <laughs> exactly. It was like, no, nah, I'll rent it. I ain't trying to own that thing. No, Hell no. no. I'll take it out today. I'm not buying it though. Then I got to put it somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Maintain it. <laughs> I'm renting that bad boy. Yeah, and unfortunately, Jonathan Taylor, even even as good as he is and as young as he is, nobody wants to own a running back. You'd rather lease it. Yeah, lease it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lin Ling Wu on Southwest Parkway. Yes. And this one says, Ty, stop blowing up the restaurant on Southwest Parkway. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Saki. Oh, come on, man. Makes uh, me feel some type of way. Makes wow. me feel some type of way. Interesting. So is it like a is is it an a like a Japanese steakhouse? It's like a dim sum. Oh, Ooh. okay. I got gotcha. you. All yeah, right. That, well, the place in that place I've only been there once. The place Carve is pretty nice too. Carve is nice. We we eat there every now and then. We get to go. Me and my wife from Carve. It's actually pretty good. Nice it's a place. nice spot. Yeah, yeah. It's nice not far place. from us. By the movie theater right there. I've never some... been. My buddy Wes Murray Grande Equipment invited. We had lunch there. Yeah, it's good. Last week. Good it's spot. Yeah, it's a good spot. Good spot. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one to watch games too. But I know where we'll be to watch games. We'll tell you about that more again yes. coming up. But right now, can we do the rants? Let's get into from it from Mr. B. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. <laughs> My God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Oh, oh you've done it now. It's time for Rod's oh. rant of the day. Hold on to your butt. Now everybody's excited about the college football season, and one of the oh, it's, it's kind of one of the underwhelming storylines, least talked about storylines, is are the rule changes for college football now. A lot of people observe the rule changes in the most uh, in the first week of college football action, week zero, whatever you want to call it. And it's not a huge sample size, but we do have a little bit of a sample size uh, that can give us maybe a bit of a sneak peek as to what the new uh, time, the rule time changes are going to do in college football. Now, for those who don't know, aside from the last two minutes of each half, the clock will no longer stop after first downs in college football. The NCAA approved the rule change in an attempt to cut down on the overall length of games. Yeah. And it will have an obvious effect on the number of plays and drives and possessions. And we got some numbers to kind of back that up. But th- this is something that every sport is trying to do. We've talked about the Major League Baseball ch- changing their rules uh, so that they can shorten the games and make their get- make their product more exciting. Uh, because of the, the the newest studies about the latest generation, Gen Z, and I think Generation Alpha is the latest, the youngest generation in America – it has revealed basically that the attention spans, all of our attention spans, are being drastically affected by the um, the, the digital age. Basically, we uh, the, the digitized lifestyle that we all live now is basically decreasing our attention span. Microsoft Corporation they did a study that found that generally people lose concentration after eight seconds. Eight seconds. Two thousand participants. Uh, they studied multiple brains of brain activity with EEGs and found that since 2000, roughly that's the beginning of your Internet digital age, uh, that the average attention span dropped from 12 seconds to eight seconds. Dropped by just four seconds in about 20 years. And it's going to continue to drop because <laughs> of the uh, the digital. Did you say something, Rod? 
The, exactly. <laughs> there you go. All right? Because of the digital age that we all live in, huh? as a matter of fact, they say that we all now have the same attention span of a goldfish. I think they like to throw that out there all the time. And matter of fact, you you appreciate this, uh, Ian, you probably can attest to it because you're such uh, a, a music, you know, aficionado and a music enthusiast. And you'll notice throughout the years that songs are probably the best example of an industry uh, catering to our Ooh. decreased attention span. Because remember how long songs used to be in general? Yes. Average song length in the 80s and the 90s was 240 plus seconds. Over 240 seconds. That was just the average of a song. Now, the average song length is about is, is right below like 210 seconds. So we've lost about 30 seconds, right, in about 30 years or so because they understand that people just don't they, they don't have the attention span to pay attention to a, a song that's long, even though it may be good, right, that's long and drawn out. The average intro length to a song used to be 20 to 22 seconds in the 80s and 90s. Now it's 10 to 11 seconds. So the music industry totally understands, now nah, we got to shorten these damn songs, man. People don't want to hear these long, drawn-out tunes. Think Led Zeppelin with their long rush, oh. rush with oh. their long interludes. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, some of the Motown, uh, Papa Rose Rolling Stone uh, for oh, man. Uh, Temptation, that was like, that's like a 15, 20-minute song. I yeah. noticed that in like, the new like rap. Like the new rappers, like it's all only like two minute songs. Yes, they are. They, I know it because I run. I run the music, and I, if I run to the old music, I can get. I can run in like five, six, seven songs. If I run a new music, man, taking like nine, ten songs yeah. to get through my run. But getting back to it, so everybody understands the attention span is shrinking drastically for the younger generation in America. So all the sports leagues, they are also now evolving their product so that they can try to keep the attention span. They can try to keep the eyeballs of the younger generation. So in week one, at least the first week of college football action, the new rules, they did have an effect on possessions per game. And small sample size, so we are, we're extrapolating this, but we'll have a bigger sample size after uh, this next week of college football. In 2021, possessions per game, E, 12.3. In 2022, 12.6 possessions per game. And this most recent college football weekend, you're at 10.9 possessions per game. That's almost two down. Yes. Well, damn near three. Because you're at, almost three times you get yeah, the ball in a game. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you're you're yes a lot. That is a that's a lot right there. You start looking at it, um, and you go look at also at the week one division level, just division one. So this includes some of the uh, the power five. Kind of included all of them um, who played division one last weekend. Sixty five percent of teams um, basically had less than sixty five offensive plays. So sixty five percent of the teams that played last week had less than 65 offensive plays. So there is no doubt that these new rules are going to shrink the game. Maybe talking about significant shrinkage, Seinfeld style, where, um, and even Bill Connolly pointed this out, he said his estimation is with the new rules, if you look at first downs, all right, outside of the last two minutes when they will stop the clock after first downs, he, he counted 38 on average first downs outside the last two minutes in each half. He said, if you estimate that rule changes will result in an average of five extra seconds of the clock expiring or running um, running the clock after each of those 38 first downs, he predicts that the games are going to shorten by 5.3% or by 3.2 minutes on average per game. Okay. That's that's significant when you think about some teams, you know, being able to win games late, right, in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, last minute, walk off field goal wins, things of that nature. These games are gonna shrink and that means coaches are gonna become desperate to score points. Um, or they may become 
a little bit more conservative and decide they want to choke the clock and choke out their opponent by just running the ball and being able to play ball control offense since the games are going to shorten. Yeah, and I think uh, fewer possessions means you need to take advantage of those possessions when you get them. Yep. Also means defense is going to face fewer possessions. That is true. Um, so it'll be interesting to follow this, and uh, Rod's rant will continue to do the documentation of how how because each coach is going to have a different philosophy on it, right? Everybody's going to be thinking differently mm-hmm. of how I want to attack this. Just knowing, I mean, I'm going to get the ball as many times as I did in previous years. Game's going to be shorter. Each quarter is going to be shorter, and I think it's a good thing because it, you know anybody that's sat through a four-hour football game because somebody said. We only get 12 games a year, and now we have to wait. And we could watch another 12. You could make games six hours long, and college football fans would watch the entire game. Well, that's true, but remember, the boss is TV, and TV yeah. wants a quicker product. Boom. They want the TV show. They, they want, want more news. commercials. Well, but they want, they want. no. I mean, more well, than commercials, they want to go from game to game to game. They don't want one game bleeding over for, I mean, how many times have we seen a game that, that uh, bleeds over for a half 12 hour, 40 minutes into it, it. a game that's already kicked off, and they got to split screen it? They don't. Get your game done. Uh, get your game over with. We want to go to the next game. I think that's a big part of it. Also, I think the one, and I read this from um, from Wall Street Journal, and they they are quoting multiple articles. But I'll just read the excerpt from you. A lot of this is about their what they believe is an existential threat to their industry and to their companies, which is their the lack of appeal that sports has with the younger generations. That well, they're, they're not as passionate about it as we were. Well, they've grown up with shorter songs, uh, video games. Yes, they got more options than we <laughs> had, mean, right? We like, hey, man, a game coming at on? you immediately, and yes. that's how their brain's been trained. Yeah. So yes, I mean, they they may want to stick with the sport, but they're not programmed to do it. Uh, so you, you got to be faster, and that's the future of your product. This is I'll read this excerpt for you. It is it, it, just what you're talking about, and you've been in the household with them, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Gen Z did not. It says Gen Z did not warm up to sports as previous generations did. And those younger than Z are even more sports apathetic. Gen Zers, according to survey results, are, quote, half as likely as millennials to watch live sports regularly and twice as likely to never, ever watch sports. This trend appears to be only accelerating. According to Sports Business Journal, surveys suggest that only 15 percent of Generation Alpha, the youngest generation in America right now, only 15 percent of Generation Alpha, all right, uh, the incoming cohort of teens, enjoy watching sports. Mm. Only 15 percent of Generation Alpha enjoy watching sports. So that's what the that's what these networks are freaking out about. They they need a better candy cigarette. For these younger kids and young generation, because they don't watch sports like we did, they don't consume it like we I did. Mean, well, They're not obsessed with it like we were. And and I am, and I got three kids in my house. The one that's a real big sports fan, he didn't watch games. He would watch some games, some of the game with me, and then he'd move on. Exactly, go do something else. <laughs> not for and, full five and he hours. He would watch. He would watch the highlights on YouTube. That's where he grew up watching sports. Was on YouTube. There watching you sports with my dad was mandatory. Yeah, I, know, I never like, hey, you're, you're coming. You're, well, I mean, I wanted to watch. But yeah. Sometimes I was like, can I go watch? Because he hates Cowboys. What? So he'd be like, you're watching the Cowboys with me, and I'm going to talk trash to you the entire time. I, I, I like, think that was his quality room? time, though. It was. He was like, hey, man, yeah. I want to spend some time with my son. So he made it mandatory, but it ended up. Same like all my siblings, they play, all played football and played other sports, but they don't watch the NFL Boom. or barely watch Texas football for that there it is. That's a great point. You And I've heard the coaches at Texas talk about this, too. Just because kids play sports these days doesn't mean they watch them. 
It's a it's, it's a weird. I, I've never really experienced it, but there's a generation of kids they play the sport, they don't watch it. I I've, I've actually been at, at coaching clinics and at camps, and I talk to young kids about like, how much NFL y'all watch, man. Who's your, how much uh, you know how much college y'all watch? They don't necessarily watch a lot Guaranteed of it. They play more Madden and yes. play the video game than they do watch. And like the you said, game. they watch highlights and stuff like that. It is it is a very weird thing. So it's it's that's why I think these broadcast networks are freaking out about shortening these games because they know our generation, which is going to die off at one point, we don't mind watching four or five-hour games that we grew up doing it. These kids, as he mentioned, they don't watch four or five-hour games no matter how good the damn game is. You know what I know they really <laughs> don't watch? All right, we are at number four in our countdown to number one. We'll be at one by Friday, and you can probably guess who that is. Everybody's top five is similar, including ours, Ian Rod B. And we are at number four with uh, this song that I grew up listening to, Rod, and my, uh, my father's a huge Ohio State mm. fan. The Ohio State? The Ohio State. You put the V in there? On the mean streets of Akron, Ohio, mm. the first eight years of my life. Mm. And I still hear this song when I go to my dad's house. He plays it as a proud Ohio State uh, huge fan. And uh, the Buckeyes at four, They uh, C.J. Stroud now plays for the Texans. They've got a young quarterback named Kyle McCord, a junior, who's the odds favorite to win the job. Of course, Ryan Day has done a great job in replacing Urban Meyer, but has uh, lost that big game at the end, and that's not good in Columbus, Ohio, when you're not beating Michigan on the regular. Uh, but remember, last year, Rod, the Buckeyes mm-hmm. were this close to beating Georgia. Because they yeah. did make the playoff, even right. though they lost to Michigan. They got into the Final Four, and dang near took down the Bulldogs. Did they play Georgia better than anybody else played Georgia? All year long. I mean, it, it seemed like that. I mean, I could go back and look at the regular season, but they seemed like they played Georgia tougher maybe than anybody else played in this, uh, and, that past year. If not for, uh, for an injury to Marvin Harrison, if not for the kicker kicking situation at the end, clock management, uh, they might have pulled off that upset, and they would have played TCU for the national championship. Hmm. And think about how close we got to a Michigan versus Ohio State national championship game. That would have been wild. I mean, that would have been, been crazy. That would have been like Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma playing for a yeah, national Yeah, dude, have you ever seen rivals like that meet up in a national title game? I don't think so. There's no way, right? Close cause, cause, by Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, yeah that's it. Or right. LSU, LSU, LSU and Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Well, yeah, be like, right. It would be like that's Alabama playing Auburn for the national Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, talk to someone who would know if that's ever happened before. He is an absolute college football historian, especially with the Buckeyes. Mm. He's been covering the Buckeyes since the late 80s. He works for 24-7 Sports, Bucknuts.com. He is uh, our friend Steve Hellwagon. Steve, how are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. What's going on? Uh, we, well, joining f- us. football is going on, and uh, I, my, my my co-host here was asking about your name, Hellwagon. Are we saying that right? <laughs> is it Hellwagon? Hellwagon. Yeah, uh, German Hellwagon. Yep. Hellwagon. Hellwagon. Right. Hellwagon. Hellwagon. That's it. Oh yep. wow, yeah, that's a good name. That's great. Steve. I'm sure the broadcasters loved you then when you played sports back in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it starts a lot of good conversations. You put it that way, but yeah, it's. Uh, you have to explain it, so that's uh, that's good, I suppose. I like it, man. It's, it's nice. a it's a good one. <laughs> hey, Steve, uh, and you're a good one covering the Buckeyes. You've been doing it a long, long time. And uh, let's start at the top with Ryan Day. You heard me maybe be talking about him. What's the mood with Ryan Day? You don't beat Michigan and Columbus. It's not good, uh, and they haven't. And Jim Harbaugh is trying to turn the turn the tables here. What's the what's the overall mood surrounding Ryan Day and the program? Yeah, I mean, Ohio State dominated that rivalry for about 20 years. They won like 17 out of 19 games over a 20-year period there. They didn't play, obviously, in the COVID year there in 2020. But 
since the series resumed, it's been Michigan double digits both times. So I think on one hand, you have the died in the wool Ohio State people who live and die the Michigan game. And then you have the rest of us who are living in the year 2023 who realize that, you know, it's not just one game. I'll, I won't, I would never reduce it to say it's the same as the Indiana game, which is this Saturday or the, the Illinois game or anybody else. It is a, a season unto itself, but. As we saw last year, you can lose that game and still get in the playoff and still almost win the national championship. So, you know, you don't worry too much about it in this modern era of college football because, you know, what you do over the basis of the 12-game season is what's going to determine uh, what your postseason looks like. So, to me, I I just look at it that, um, you know, and especially when we go into this 12-team playoff, there's going to be a year you brought it up when – Alabama loses to Auburn but still goes on and wins a national championship, I mean, that's liable to happen. So I think the sooner we all come to grips with what we're, you know, what the future is in college football, the better it's going to be. No question. Steve Hellwagon is with us. And uh, Ryan Day recruiting like crazy, too. I thought where Ryan Day and the Buckeyes have nine top 100 players already committed for the recruiting class. So he's he's bringing in the talent. And here he is again with this offense. Let's start with the quarterback. We know about the receivers, and I want your thoughts on them, where they rank with the all-time Buckeye great receivers. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk about the quarterback. Where do we stand with the uh, QB position uh, headed into game week? Yeah, we're going to go over and talk to Coach Day here at noon Eastern time today, coming up in about an hour or so. And, uh, you know, it's up in the air whether or not he's going to announce a starter or not. I would have thought it would have been the junior Kyle McCord all along, but it just tells me that the redshirt freshman Devin Brown has really pushed him during preseason camp for them to have not named McCord as the starter. So nothing would surprise me, whether it's McCord, whether it's Brown, whether he's going to keep it under wraps, whether he's going to play them both in the first game against Indiana. Of course, after that, they play Youngstown State and Western Kentucky uh, before they go on the road. For them, it would be week four at Notre Dame. We saw Notre Dame, obviously, in action this past weekend. They looked pretty good with Sam Hartman, at quarterback. So that that game's looming large as a matchup of uh, top ten teams here in a few weeks. But uh, as of right now, we don't know. We're going to get in there today and and uh, if he feels like telling the world, then uh, I suppose we'll find out. But uh, it surprises me if it's not McCord. It's just he's got an extra year in the system. And uh, he also played high school ball with Marvin Harrison Jr. back in Philadelphia. And it, it just seems to make sense that he'd be the starter, at least for the first game, and then take it from there. Hey, Steve, whoever wins that job, uh, they're going to have the uh, the luxury of throwing to the best receiver in the country and Marvin Harrison Jr. I've heard Brian Hardline say, out of all the great receivers that have come out of there recently, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigma, that Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the most talented of that group. Uh, in your opinion, what makes him uh, even a part of that group separate and stand out from it? Yeah, he's just an outstanding route runner. And he's uh, the hardest worker, one of the hardest workers on the team. Afterwards, you'll see him get onto the uh, the machine and catch passes, uh, long passes, short passes. He just constantly works on his craft. So he was had the God-given ability. You know, obviously his dad played the NFL, Marvin Harrison, for years. And uh, so, you know, he was in football from a young age and, and understood the game and has kind of been uh, positioned for this moment. And he's taken full advantage of it because of how hard he works. And that's what sets him apart. 
Uh, he burst on the scene with three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl. He really didn't play a whole lot uh, that freshman year. And then last year, I uh, had over 70 catches, I think 15 touchdowns last year. I think a lot of people are looking at him as a, a sleeper candidate, perhaps for the Heisman Trophy, maybe the sixth or seventh, eighth favorite. I don't know at this point. But, uh, y- you know, it's kind of hard, I think, although we saw Devontae Smith from Alabama won it during the COVID year in 2020. Perhaps it's something a wide receiver could do again, but uh, it is a little bit more difficult. It's typically a quarterback or a running back award. Yeah, he was over 1,200 yards last year, 14 touchdowns, mm-hmm. and just uh, they're outrunning the size, the catch radius he's got, too. And then uh, Egbukas is a good player, too, on the other side. He over yeah. 1,000 yards, too, at 10 touchdowns. The quarterback, whoever wins that job, is going to have plenty of options. Uh, now, on defense, Jim Knowles, well, we, we here in Austin and uh, with Texas know him from his Oklahoma State days. Uh, he was brought in, and now year two, where they're looking to improve that side of the ball. It was was better last year, but the Michigan game was was not good. All the big plays, they got gashed in that game. What's the mood on the defensive coordinator and where they're headed on that side of the ball? Yeah, I think they're going to make some improvement this year. I think what we were all into last year was Ohio State played some of the worst offenses uh, around with Notre Dame at the beginning of the season. Indiana, Rutgers, Iowa, uh, Northwestern. I mean, it was it was pathetic. Some of these offenses that were put on the field last year and made Ohio State's defense. I think people thought better than than they really were. Then uh, Maryland exposed them with uh, Tylea uh, Tagovailoa there in, in week uh, eleven, and then week twelve, Michigan, uh, you know, put up a big number against them, and, and so did Georgia. So a lot of big plays, too many big plays last year, trying to get that curtailed. Uh, they're hoping to be improved up front. They've got a couple really good guys, Jack Sawyer, JT Tui Malowal, Mike Hall, defensive tackle, those guys up front. And uh, hopefully in the secondary, they're, they're much improved. They brought in Old Miss uh, transfer Davison Igbenosin and uh, Jihad Carter, a safety from Syracuse in the transfer portal. Taiwan Malone, a defensive tackle from Old Miss. So they did energize this thing with some talent from the outside. And uh, just hoping in year two that uh, everybody's a year older, smarter, stronger, better, and it'll look better in the bottom line. But uh, to me, the season comes down to the second half at Michigan. Can you stop the run with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards? Can you establish the run with Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams? And to me, the, that's, that's what's going to determine the fate of this season to me. Uh, real quick, Steve, because uh, we are very familiar with Jim Knowles down here from his time at Oklahoma State. Um, have there been uh, great reviews, rave reviews? Are people still, uh, the jury still out on Jim Knowles up there? What, what are the thoughts about him as a coordinator right now? Well, you lose those last two games the way that you did, giving up 40-some mm. points to Michigan and Georgia. That's not good, obviously. Mm. Too many big plays, too much, too much gambling, too many yeah. guys put on an island that can't, can't make those plays. As I said, I think they believed they had better talent than they actually had because of how bad some of the teams were that they played in the first two-thirds of the season. So I think everybody's going into it with their eyes wide open. The talent level's a little better this year. Kids understand the scheme a little bit better, and hopefully he won't gamble quite as much. So mm. <laughs> yeah. add it all up, yeah. and maybe the bottom line will look better here in 2023. 
Yeah, uh, it's a heck of a schedule, too, uh, Steve. Steve Hellwagon with us from Bucknuts.com, also the uh, 24-7 site there in Columbus. Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium. They're going to play at Purdue. They're going to play at Wisconsin. Camp Randall's never easy with Luke Fickle coaching mm-hmm. the Badgers now. And, of course, wrap it up uh, in in Michigan Stadium there in Ann Arbor. Uh, there's some nice home games, too. But, man, that's a that's a tough road to hoe in the Big Ten because Purdue's expected to be pretty darn good. And uh, Buckeye fans know how tough it is to play at Camp Randall. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Fickle was a winner at Cincinnati. Uh, the only uh, non-Power 5 team to make a playoff was Luke Fickle in Cincinnati. So uh, he's a proven winner and uh, would love nothing more than to beat his alma mater. He actually played against Ohio State at Cincinnati a few years ago, Ryan Day's first or second year, and the Buckeyes won 42 to nothing. So I think <laughs> that uh, stuck it, sticks in his craw a little bit and uh, – He'd like to uh, to show his alma mater a thing or two, and it's going to be a crazy environment up there in October. But uh, as you said, I mean, they it's set up there for them. I mean, if they go through this schedule and win the Big Ten championship and, you know, get to 13-0, and you could make a case for number one, depending on what Georgia does. So, yeah. uh, to me, I, I uh, it's going to be a, a great battle. It's all going to come out in the wash. Either you get it done this year or you don't. And, uh you know, Ohio State fans are burning to get back there to that championship game. We'll see. Hey, uh, you mentioned Luke Fickle of, of Buckeye, Marcus Freeman, who who the Buckeyes will face, was a former Buckeye player at Notre Dame. Uh, what about Brian Hartline? Rod mentioned him, then you mentioned him too, the wide receivers coach, now offensive coordinator who's done – I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, every year they have NFL elite receivers. Mm-hmm. He's recruited and developed as, better, as good as anybody in the country. Uh, when do you think Brian Hartline gets his chance to be a head coach somewhere? Yeah, that's a great question. He finally, uh, well, I say finally, I mean, it's been a kind of a meteoric rise. He he was just a support staff person after he retired uh, from the NFL. Urban Meyer brought him on, you know, just to kind of be around the edges and, and, and help out a little bit. And then the whole thing with Urban Meyer and Zach Smith went down uh, early, I think it was the 2018 season, and uh, he got pressed in as the uh, the wide receivers coach that year and liked it and stuck around and stuck around and has recruited the best receivers in the country year in and year out. Hmm. Now the offensive coordinator with Kevin Wilson leaving to go to Tulsa to be the head coach down there. And uh, he's got the opportunity. I think if this goes well for him in a one or two year stint, here's the offensive coordinator. You could see him move on somewhere as a head coach someplace. But, uh, you know, I think he probably would like to be the head coach at Ohio state when Ryan day leaves, but, uh, that apprenticeship might might last a few more years. You never know. So uh, I think they like it the way they got it set up right now. He's a family guy, got family here in Columbus, and, uh, you know, happy as things stand right now. He does a great job. Uh, and he's already got a couple of five-star commitments for the receiver position coming <laughs> to replace these two. It's a pipeline. Hey, Steve, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Enjoy. But we'll be watching today for your coverage with the Ryan Day News Conference. Does he announce a starter or not? Uh, it'll be a big headline, obviously, in Columbus and throughout the college football landscape. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yep, guys. Take care. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. I mean, Chris Olave he's and awesome. Garrett Wilson both last year. Yes. They, yeah, that, that's what Sark's trying to build. Sark wants to have that reputation yeah. at Texas. Yeah, and uh, the kid Marvin Harrison's so darn good. And you, you played corner. That guy. Uh, He's a freak. Well, and I've told you this before. There was You mentioned Brian Hartline, and Brian mm. Hartline told our friend Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network, because Brian Hartline was a wide receiver himself, mm-hmm. and he said what makes Harrison so tough is he's got short legs. Yep. He's 6'3 or 6'4 because he's got a long torso like his dad did. Mm-hmm. So he's got short legs, so he's so quick in and out of routes. He's a great route runner, 
but he's 6'3". Yeah. And he's got long arms, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's a problem, Rod. And uh, you've talked about this before with Marvin Harrison. You, if you had a quick guy, you knew you had to be quick. If you had a tall guy, you knew you maybe could could out quick him. But you just got to be, beat him at the high point. This dude brings both to the table, which is really hard to handle. Yeah, because uh, you just talked about it. He can. He's got the big frame for he can. So he can. He has great body control, and he can go win those fifty fifty balls if need be and match your physicality. But because you just talked about how the the physiology, right, with his really short legs, the whole point is that when a, a receiver is built like six four frame, he can get in and out of his breaks quickly. He can't decelerate and accelerate because he's got them big long trunks. He's got to slow them big things down. Well, now you're telling me this dude is 6'4", but he's got the legs of a 6'5", 5'11", guy? Yep. So he actually can decelerate and accelerate, get in and out of the brakes like a guy that's under 6'0", but he's got the frame and upper body of a 6'3", 6'4", guy? Yeah, that's a bit of a nightmare. That's like some some uh, some evil creature out of Greek mythology. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the legs of a 5'11 guy, but the torso of yeah. a 6'4 guy. It's like, what? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and he's in a uh, – He's got his father's a Hall of Famer in the NFL, yeah, and so he's the, a hard worker. So the cerebral part is there too, by the way. He's got tons of football like you grew up with it. Yeah, 6'4", 205, he's Marvin Harrison creature. Jr. Uh, some compare him to – say he's the best receiver to come through the college mm. ranks since Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Yeah. It's like a centaur, man. Body of a little body of a little DB, centaur. and then the the, the, body, the upper body of a of a huge big body wide receiver. That is not fair. That it's is. not fair. We'll be back and uh, play some. Who said that? Who said that? Who said it next? Aaron Hogan. You just gotta keep living, man. Rod Babers. L I V I N. E and Rod B on the horn. Ooh, saying that. Who said that, Rod Babers? Uh, play who some said sound. Got to figure out who the heck said it as we crank this thing out and uh, get you ready for our fabulous fifth hour coming up at the top of the hour. Oh, yeah, the fifth quarter, baby. Rod, what do you have for us? What are we, what are we listening to? Who are we listening to? Uh, a couple of pieces of audio I have. I, um, I'll make sure I give Ty a little time to, to get it gathered up here. Um, I got a couple of pieces of audio. Uh, one's from a... A coach. Ty's ready to go here. Uh, one's from a coach. Um, maybe we can play that one first for the people. Give it to um, me. Yeah, matter of fact, just play them, and we can figure it out later. That's the whole point of the game. Here it is. The, um, the splits, the speed, um, you know, so they're um, – and then just their mastery over what they do. And so a lot of counter. So they'll pull both the guard and tackle and um, – They'll do it from big open sets to where everyone's spread out. And like we talked about earlier, if there's a misfit, it's out. And then they'll do it to when tight ends in the core and all of that. Uh, but the receivers are way out wide. And so it creates a lot of space inside. And so they, they you know, um, vertical reads is what we call it. So if they'll go vertical, if there's a guy on top, they sit it down in the zones. If there's not a guy on top, they'll take it, they'll, they'll take the top off. And that's the majority of what they do. And they do it really fast and they do it well. And there's a confidence and it allows guys' athleticism to kind of take over. And so those things just jump off the tape when you see it. All right. Who is that? You should, you should get this. I do. That's Dave Aranda. That is Dave Aranda, the mock Dave the very Aranda. understated Dave Aranda. When he yes. talks, we all kind of lean in. <laughs> I know. but I, Exactly. He's like the low talker on Seinfeld. Yeah. But I, I, I love Dave Aranda because there's no coach speak with him. And that was Dave Aranda breaking down G.J. Kinney's Texas State offense. 
uh, for the Baylor Bears. Good. So there you go. Sick them, sick them, uh, what? Eat them up, cats. Eat, Eat them, them up, cats. cats this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Baylor, part of that big. You know, the Big Twelve schedule is not bad this weekend. You know, Texas Rice Longhorns mm. are a seven touchdown favorite, but there's some intriguing games in there that are at least games you kind of want to keep your eyes on. That's one Most of them, notably. Yeah, yeah GJ Kenny's debut. Want to see how it looks? Yeah, how did offense looks? Yeah, he, he was record setting in an Incarnate Word, and they've. Brought in fifty new players or fifty plus new yeah. players of that team. It's a new team. Uh, but you know the uh, I think the UTSA Houston game is interesting. San UT San Antonio and the oh, Cougars. Oh yeah, no doubt because mm-hmm. Jeff Trailer. UTSA yeah. is favored in that game. They are. This is a big year. I I, I hope it's not the case because I don't want to rain on a parade of UTSA fans. I got a feeling Jeff Trailer this year. If he has another great year, and I think he will because he's bringing back that quarterback for like an 18th year. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Harris, I believe it is. Frank Harris. I think he may, he may, he may seek, all right, higher, uh, kind of a higher uh, office, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because greener pastures, he's, he's going to be coveted. And there could be some jobs like U of H. Well, and listen, if UTSA wins in Houston Stadium, Ooh. that's not going to be a good start for Dan Holgerson. It's he's, not. He yeah. was supposed to be, have this program built for time when they went to the Big 12, yeah. and here they are. And Trailer wants to recruit Houston, so trust me, he's going to have them ready to play in H-Town. You he know also that. got Texas Tech uh, guns up at Wyoming. That's a good like opponent because Texas plays Wyoming, so that would be fun yeah, for Texas see, fans. You get to see how Tech performs versus Wyoming before let you Let me do. mention to Tech fans who get their guns up, Wyoming will have guns. Oh, that's true. You're going to Wyoming. Just be ready for that. Like, yeah. don't be, just, just saying. They'll, yeah. be, they'll be armed. <laughs> they'll be having their guns up. Hopefully, well. Wyoming don't mess around. If the y- people there. It, oh, yeah, they'll have real guns up. But if I got to say, the Cowboys for Wyoming, though, because Texas got to play them. I've been doing some, some, some deep diving into them already. Their defense, actually. Is a good, it's a decent defense. It's actually one of the better defenses at that level. That. It's a That's good a defense. Six thirty night yeah. game at uh, Wyoming on Laramie. UTSA Houston's a fun one, and obviously TCU playing uh, Colorado early in the day. The best game as far as the Big Twelve goes. Okay, uh, who said this, Rod? Who said that? I don't know if you're going to make out any of it, but who said any of this? How you I'm gonna tell me that's the worst advice? I'm probably only one of the best to ever do it at playing that what game. What I'm saying. I- All right, Rod, can you identify? <laughs> I know exactly who that is. That is Michael Irvin, right? Michael Irvin. I know Michael Irvin. Reverend Irvin. All right, Pastor Irvin. Um, and I believe he's on there with Richard Sherman. Yes. And the person who you cannot hear talk at all, crickets, would be the silence of one Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless. Who ain't saying a damn thing. And I think Keyshawn Johnson was quiet in this. <laughs> yes. Do that again. So <laughs> yesterday, uh, Skip Bayless on Fox introduced his what he called his dream team oh, to do a show with ke- every morning. Be careful what you wish for. Playmaker, Richard Sherman from the oh, Legion of man. Boom. Also, Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah. Called it his dream team. Give me that again. Can you make out any of this yelling? Like that. I mean, that's the worst advice. I'm probably only one of the best to ever do it at playing that what game. What I'm saying? Come on, the that ever do it. Oh, I love it. I, honestly, I like a lot. Michael Irvin always entertains me. I'm sorry. Even when he actually doesn't have any great insider analysis, I'm still entertained by Michael Irvin. He is. He's entertaining, man. And there's a bit of video oh. of Skip Bayless watching that and going, oh, what did I get into? <laughs> yeah, you, I think you might have you might have messed up on that one, Skip. Because uh, you, you need all three of them? How you gonna get a how you gonna get a word in edgewise? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, Skip. Um, wow. got Irvin, of course, a great corner and a great receiver. With Richard Sherman and he, and then of course and I, John Johnson. And I believe what they're arguing about here, if I'm not mistaken, was Michael Lurvin gave advice uh, to a young receiver that I think it was C.D. Lamb actually that he should use his body to catch the ball sometime uh, to protect himself. 
And then Richard, and Richard Sherman, Sherman questioned that. <laughs> he was like, "What do you mean? You supposed to catch, catch the ball with your hands?" And then Michael Irvin lost. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I only won championships at every level. I'm only a Hall of Famer receiver." <laughs> right, one more, t- one more time. So I got to hear that again. Now I know the context. I love this. I love this. <laughs> I'm only the best. I only want the best to oh, ever do it. That's too much. Oh, that is fantastic, man. That is great. That's Ty, you stuff. said you had one too. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Hey, Master. That's right, son. Listen to me. This is the trips in the car. This is the continuation. But when we start playing football, everything takes care of itself. Okay. I'm proud of you. All those people in the house are proud of you. Okay? Just understand, it ain't when, it's where. Okay? That's what it's always been. That's why it's been K-State. Right? Here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of it. Baby, we don't need nothing. You know what I mean? We got everything we need. You can just go play football. Okay? You know, we don't need a house and a car. We don't need nothing. You just, you got a chance to go play football. I hadn't wanted to call you. You know, I've been wanting to talk to you. Everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to. When you show up, there's something different about you. I, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Like I said, you, you got nothing to worry about. Once we start playing football, everything is good. That's all we've ever asked. You give us a chance. Give us, give us six inches to go play football, we'll be fine. All right. Remember, it ain't when, it's where. I, I love you. Just hang in there, okay? That's, That's awesome. Nice. That's Chris Vaughn. Yeah, Cowboys in their scouting department talking to his son, mm-hmm. Deuce. Father Deuce Vaughn. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that Roku documentary about the Cowboys draft is going to be. Yeah, it's like them and four, like three other teams, right? Yeah, War Room behind the curtain yeah, kind like of thing. Th- yeah, it's like three other teams. But you're right. It's going to be great. Cowboys are the star of that show. <laughs> the other teams are just there for the ride. That's awesome. It's so, great stuff. And that's on Roku? Correct. Yeah, I think it's a Roku docu- docu-series or whatever, documentary. Yeah. A lot of avenues to find good content. Everybody wants some of that sports, Everybody that sports-related wants content these days. Now the streaming platforms on it too: Netflix, Amazon, Roku. Hey, it's uh, high five time! The fabulous fifth hour is coming your way. Uh, you never know what happens in the fabulous fifth quarter, overtime, fifth hour. Mm-hmm. Come join us. We got a lot to do with Ian Rod B on a Tuesday morning game week.